We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I'm so glad you're here for another week and episode. And it's a special one because, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by none other than one of my biggest mentors, role models, someone I have looked up to for years, and that is Gabby Bernstein. For over 16 years, Gabby has been transforming lives, including mine, as well as her own. The number one New York Times bestselling author has penned nine different bestsellers, including The Universe Has Your Back, Super Attractor, and her latest Happy Days. In her weekly podcast, Dear Gabby, she's offering real-time coaching, straight talk, and conversations about personal growth and spirituality, and she's transformed thousands and thousands of lives over the last 16 years. She was featured on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday as the next generation thought leader. And this book that we're going to dive in today, Happy Days, is truly amazing. She is beloved by her readers. And she is not only just a spiritual teacher, a motivational speaker, a catalyst for profound interchange, but this new book, Happy Days, is really her most powerful teaching yet. It's not like her other books on manifestation or spirituality, but it's the most important spiritual lessons that she can give us um, to date. And it really gives a practical plan for transforming the pain of your past, whatever that may be, into newfound strength and freedom. And it will answer your questions about why you feel blocked, scared, anxious, depressed, or alone. And it's really your guide to become the best version of yourself. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with Gabby and get her take on why this was such an important book for her to write and why now, because she's very vulnerable in this book. She really takes us deep into her own personal pain and experiences, and I know and trust that you're going to get so much from this conversation. I do just want to preface that this 
is a recording that was done on a TikTok live. So if you don't follow me there, make sure that you do. I'm Coach Tori Gordon on TikTok and Instagram because I am doing things like this, episodes, podcasts live on TikTok. So you don't want to miss out on anything that's happening live. You can ask real questions in real time. And that's what we did with Gabby. And so this is the audio recording from that episode. So it might not be your traditional, you know, episode. There, you might hear um, us talking as if we are, you know, engaging with other um, uh, people in the audience, people that are asking questions. So just keep that in mind as you're listening to this. And also, at the end of the episode, when Gabby hops off, I continue on and answer so many amazing questions from the audience, and uh, it gives you some insight about a lot of different things that are happening in my life and you get to know me a little bit better. So make sure to stick around for that at the end. Before we jump into this week's episode, I do want to shout out one of my absolute favorite partners, Organifi. You know I love them so much. I've been talking about them a lot lately, especially being on the road and traveling so much. I'm like in need, in need of having all of my good nutrients. It's hard to stay on a schedule and like eat healthy when you're traveling, but Organifi has made it so, so easy for me through their um, high quality products. So what I love about them, whether uh, it's the green juice, the Organifi Red or the Organifi Gold, just to name a couple, they use very high quality ingredients. They're plant-based and they're for optimal health. They're also super, super convenient. They come in little travel size packs or in a um, bundle and you can just scoop it into your water, mix it and go and you're being provided with quality nutrition throughout your day. It tastes amazing and you can get it for less than $3 a day. So make sure you go check out all of the Organifi products. You can go to Organifi.com slash Tori Gordon and use code Tori20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash Tori Gordon and use code Tori20 at checkout. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Gabby Bernstein. Before we jump into the episode, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Brilia. Brilia is a non-prescription medication and a safe and impactful alternative to ADHD and anxiety medication, whether that's prescription or non-prescription. And what I love about Brilia is that it does not use any harsh synthetic chemicals found in most medications for these types of symptoms. If you're like me and you're working to wean off stimulant medication like Adderall, Brilia is great because it doesn't have any contraindications with other medications and can be easily added to your regimen. I have a blog on my website, torygordon.com, that can uh, give you insights into my journey taking Brilia. If you do decide to try this product, Brilia should be taken daily to build up in the system and start showing results. And that's where their easy to dissolve tablets makes it really easy and convenient. They offer a 100% money back guarantee if you're not happy with the results. And if you want to try Brilia for yourself, you can get 15% off your first three month supply and just visit discoverbrilia.com and use code TORI15 at checkout. That's discoverbrilia.com and use code TORI15 at checkout without this week's episode. Well, how are you doing this morning? It's, it's I, morning still, here. I don't I'm know good what time it is where I you are. I ran over my last conversation, so I completely missed you before. Um, and so I, you know, here I am. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. And I was just getting people excited and ready to hear from you. And there were already questions coming in. And I just want to first say just thank you. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you for saying yes to the work. Thank you for being a a shepherd for others like myself and those on this live to come after and have uh, I'm already oh lord I'm already getting emotional which is interesting um I I wouldn't be having this conversation I wouldn't be doing the work that I do without your words so thank you wow um wow. really really I um I first came across your work several, several years ago. My sister, a sister, Anna, who's four years older than me, who um, passed away in 2011 uh, after a battle with leukemia. And I found your book, The Universe Has Your Back, um, on her bedside table, all underlined and highlighted and scratched through. And uh, after she passed, I, I picked up that book and I held on to it. And wow, opened wow, it and it wow. opened my world uh, after that. Yeah, wow, it really did. it's like she guided you to it. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow, that's so yeah. stunning. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. It was she wanted you to find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. It unlocked um, so much for me. And I know your newest book, Happy Days is going to do the same for so, so many people. You have accomplished so much. You've done so much incredible work in the world, nine bestsellers at this point. I just want to know f- from, from your perspective, like what does this book mean to you personally and how is it different than the ones that came before it? Yeah, well, this book is a story of surviving and thriving after living through trauma. And honestly, you know, you just shared a trauma. Yeah. Everyone that, that's listening has experienced trauma in some form. And we've all had these experiences in our life where we feel that we maybe feel an energetic disturbance or we feel that we can't carry on or we can't move through or move past. And we do a lot of things to push past and numb out and avoid. And in this book, I really teach the methods for how to gently face into and honor your life's experiences and all that you've been through and to give the reader the guided path from that trauma to profound freedom and inner peace, which I've been saying over and over again, my face is on the cover of this book. My, you know, my, my, my name is on the cover of this book. I wouldn't have written it if I couldn't stand behind the process of recovery and the the path of recovery and the truth of recovery. Yeah. And it is a a process, right? It is a, that's right. Ever evolving, ongoing process, but you have, you have stepped over that threshold and you are on the other side of so much of this. And, and I'd love for you to share with those who are, who are on this live and are going to listen later. Like, what was the inspiration for this book? Cause someone has already prompted and asked the question, how does someone know if they have trauma as a child that maybe as an adult that they don't remember? I'd love for you, if you could you know, kind of share what that process was like for you of remembering and of understanding that you had unresolved trauma that that needed to be addressed and faced. Yeah, I recently actually shared about this in one of my TikToks that that was like surprisingly widely shared. And it was a TikTok around being 
in an experience of dissociation mm. and remembering at 36 years old a memory that had been hidden for 30 years. And that was the memory of being sexually abused as a child. And that's, you know, that's big T trauma, right? Yeah. That's, that's big, big T trauma. And I never understood, you know, I'd been a cocaine addict in my 20s and I had been a workaholic and a love addict. And I just never understood why I was addicted or why I was running, 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 running and what I was running from. And in the experience of this memory came as a dream first. And I had the dream of confronting this issue as a, uh, this, you know, confronting the sexual abuse and then being an adult confronting it. And I woke up and that dream was so, so, so real. And I had no idea what to do with it. And these, again, were memories that had been completely disconnected from my conscious awareness for decades. Mm -hmm. And so remembering that was horrific, but also relieving because it allowed me to see, oh, that's what you've been running from. That's what you've been avoiding. That's what you've been hiding from. And in that recognition, I started to feel, one, relief, and then two, a clear direction of how to move through because now I realize, oh, I didn't have to just be less extreme. I had to heal from trauma. Mm -hmm. And the, in the book, Happy Days, I share the journey of what it was like to not know and then what I did once I knew and how I got myself back to safety, mm. back to that place of freedom and inner peace that I promise in the book. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. The, the process of going from not knowing and having the repressed memory of, of the trauma that happened to remembering and then moving through that. So how did you see yourself, like what were the types of things that you experienced as a result of not remembering that caused you to run, that caused you to avoid something that you didn't even know you were avoiding, but subconsciously you were running from this, this, this memory. How did that show up in your experience in your life? Well, it's important to point out that whether we dissociate, like straight up don't remember until mm -hmm. a certain time, or know that something happened, either way, we're running from it. Yeah. Either way, we're running from it. So we all have trauma. Sometimes it's trauma with a big T, like mine, like yours with your sister. Mm -hmm. Trauma with a small T could be being bullied, being told you're stupid when you're a kid, not feeling good enough feeling neglected at home. And these experiences are extreme for us. Mm. And so whether we're aware of them or not, consciously, we do everything we can to push them down so that we don't have to let their presence be known in our day-to-day -day adult life. And so the same ways that I ran from those traumas that I was unaware of, someone could run from traumas that they are aware of, right? So drinking over it, using cocaine, drugs, alcohol, all of the addictive patterns that we fall into, workaholism. But then there's the patterns of the things that may, may, may seem socially acceptable, right? Like, right. you know, being a little OCD or controlling or, you know, getting too much done, like being overly productive. Right. And these are all other forms of protecting ourselves from feeling the impermissible feelings of trauma. And someone just wrote, if we don't know of the trauma, how are we running from it? Well, if you don't know of it, and that's actually part of your question, which if you're not aware of it, and it's something that has happened to you and you have dissociated from it, it's not, you consciously aren't aware of it, but your nervous system is aware of it, your body is aware of it, right. your energy is aware of it, 
and so it shows up in everything you do. It shows up in how you live, how you love, how you eat, how you mm-hmm. breathe, how you parent. And my therapist once said to me, it shows up in, in the ways that you, and even how you brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's that extreme. So yeah. whether you're consciously aware or not, it's showing up and you've built up some some major protection mechanisms to avoid ever having to face the truth of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you talk a lot about your triggers and starting to identify your triggers and understand your triggers and where they come from and what they're trying to get, how they're trying to get your attention and how the things that we're doing to avoid feeling those feelings kind of come into play to protect us from, yeah. from that. So I think to, to add to your point, looking at the parts of Um, our lives or the moments in our lives where we get triggered is also a helpful indicator because for me just becoming aware of "Mm, I'm super activated because this person is really stressed and overwhelmed and for some reason I feel like that's my fault and I'm triggered by this by their Mm -hmm. overwhelm I'm triggered and if I notice that pattern enough I can start to see hmm, there's likely something underneath this because would you agree that we're only triggered if there's an unaddressed wound or trauma or something that hasn't been fully resolved and healed that's getting kind of pressed on or activated? I think that it's not the only way we're triggered, but I think it's the extreme ways that we're triggered. Mm -hmm. So when you notice yourself like you know, raging, or you notice yourself running to the refrigerator to eat, or you know, because something triggered you, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's typically the triggers that are the most extreme are, are, are often the same types of triggers, right? So for me, it was feeling out of control. And I would start trying to control the shit out of everything. And I would try to, you know, be be like this dictator, try to make everything happen the way I needed to so that I could feel safe again. Right. And workaholism was another way of trying to manage that fear of being out of control. And so, whereas for some other people, a trigger could be when they're told to shush or, you know, a trigger could be when, when someone questions your work, maybe that's a trigger from a childhood experience of being, thinking you're stupid. So Mm -hmm. the trigger, if you look first at your triggers and what it is that triggers you, this is an exercise that's in happy days. The first step is to notice what triggers you. Then notice how it feels. What does it feel like when you're triggered? And then how are you running and avoiding that trigger? What is it that you're doing to avoid it? That practice of just asking yourself those three questions and going down the list of all the triggers that are super active for you will help you notice the patterns. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. I mainly get triggered when I feel out of control or I mainly get triggered when I feel stupid or inadequate. And so we have to really have that bravery to look at and take an inventory of what triggers us and the ways that we run from it in order to begin the journey of starting to release the stronghold that those triggers have on us. And to your point, when we're triggered and activated, it is typically a reflection of a unresolved wound from our childhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I actually went through that exercise the other day when I felt myself getting triggered on a phone call. Actually, I was speaking to somebody who was like super stressed and overwhelmed and that energy, I was kind of taking it on and I was getting triggered and I could, I asked myself like, what is this feeling? And I was feeling guilty. I was feeling guilt. That was what I kept feeling. And I, it was a, it was connected to this, this story that 
it's my fault. If other people are in pain or if other people are stressed or overwhelmed or hurting, it's, it must be my fault. I must've yep. done something. Yep. And, yep. and the thing, how, how did I run from the feeling of guilt? I wrote down several things, but, and it, and it manifested at different, uh, in different ways at different times based on how much awareness I had in my journey. But sometimes I would make, you know, I would, project that feeling of guilt onto them. So I would make it their fault, right? Or um, yeah. I would become a, I would overcompensate and become a fixer and just try to, to do whatever to, to make it all go away for them. That's right. And, That's right. and so seeing that pattern and being willing to sit in that discomfort of, hmm, there's a younger version of me that felt like yeah. I did something wrong, right? Yeah. And, and start to work with her. I know you talk a lot and introduce uh, a framework for healing called IFS, Internal Family Systems, and you're now trained in facilitating uh, or trained in this modality. Can you speak to what IFS or Internal Family Systems is and how that links to kind of what I just shared about understanding the parts of us that are actually activated or being triggered? Totally. And first of all, I could geek out with you about this all day. Like, I'm obsessed with you. And I'm so sorry that you can't see my face right now. I know. Because I wish you're I could. amazing. We'll have to do more. You're amazing. Yes. Okay. So and hopefully you can see my face one day. Um, so uh, internal family systems therapy is one of the greatest, most profound transformational experiences that you can go through to undo the traumas from your past. And to simply describe it, we've already been talking about the child parts of ourselves that had trauma. Yeah. And then those are known as exiled parts. And then we have the protector parts that avoid facing the trauma. So those are the addicts, the, in your case, maybe people pleaser. Mm -hmm. We've got these, these different ways that we avoid and push down and manage, you know, they're yeah. called managers, really, uh, the, the impermissible feelings. But we all have collectively is what's known as self. And self is like the internal parent. It's the resourced adult part of who we are, the undamaged part of who we are. And self is, is always present and always doing a beautiful job to support us. So the goal of IFS is to recognize, honor, and respect the protectors and the managers, and then give yourself permission to get closer to the parts of you that are activated and honor and respect them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I'd love to, to zero in on the, this concept of the self, because I know in other disciplines or in other arenas, you might call it like the higher self or your soul or God, you know, within you. But I think you talk about it and characterize it as, as this compassionate self, like this curious, courageous part of us that is the true essence of who we are. And then all of these other protectors is actually what sort of makes up our personality, is it not? I mean, it's how we identify in the world. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. and it's, it's so funny how personality has, what we thought of it as being outgoing or, you know, oh, she's a little OCD are really these, these other parts of ourselves. Right. It's not, it's not that the protectors are who we are. It's actually, they are how we've defined who we are. Yeah. And self self the the like you said higher self or or you know god within us that true nature is compassionate mm. courageous calm committed curious it's all these c qualities yeah. and when we really begin to tap into that 
inner state of creativity and compassion and curiosity. And we bring that energy of self, the curious energy, the compassion energy, as a presence of love and internal parent presence to all these activated parts of ourselves, we can we can soothe those extreme parts mm -hmm. and we can help them feel safe. And that is how we undo the triggers. Because yeah. when we're triggered, it's really the child parts of us that are getting triggered. And then the protector parts come in to save us from having to feel the trigger. Mm -hmm. But if we help the protector parts relax and feel less extreme, then the trigger won't take over and we won't, you know, go, go binging or we won't go drinking all night or, you know, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll be able to soothe the moment rather than be an extreme reaction. Yeah. And when I've been able to really connect to the exiled parts of me, like the, the inner children in me at different ages, what I have found, yes, is this ability to sit in that self that, that's loving and deeply compassionate and curious about what her experience was like and recognize that when I give her space to speak, what she really wants is safety. Like she wants comfort. She wants to feel safe. And all of these yes. protectors are the ways in which I've adapted to feel safe. And yeah. I think we give ourselves such a hard time. The things that we don't like, like, that we dislike most about ourselves, the fact that we're anxious or the fact that we're addicted or the fact that we are a, co a codependent or whatever the term, you know, that we think, you know, maybe we've self-diagnosed as, or maybe we're actually in therapy and we're working through some of these things. But the things that we don't like about ourselves, I think we come in a lot of times with this judgmental lens, like it's something's wrong with us. And we mm. need to be fixed. And when I've been able to, to connect with my true self, I, I can see it through such a lens of self-love and compassion of like, oh, you're just, you're just trying to help me. Like you're just yeah. doing the best you can to create the safety you didn't feel like you had. And now what if you didn't have to do that anymore? Like what if you didn't have yep. to be in that role anymore? That's one of my favorite questions that IFS therapy asks. If you weren't in this extreme role, what else would you be doing? <laughs> and yeah. whenever you ask a protector manager part that question, mm -hmm. the part always says, like, I'd be playing or I'd be drawing or I'd be relaxing mm -hmm. or I'd be on vacation, you know. And these parts of us just want to relax. They don't mm -hmm. want to be so extreme. And so it's such a gorgeous process of, uh, you know, just really letting yourself listen to, honor, respect, and care for all the different parts of yourself. And that there's no bad parts. You know, I can look back and thank the part of me that was a destructive cocaine addict because she was doing the best she could to keep me safe then. Mm. And the workaholic, you know, she was doing the best she could. And had they stayed in their extreme roles, it might have led to some very extreme outcomes. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, they did their part. And now they can be soothed yeah. because they got this far. Yeah. And I know you're, I know you're a, a mom of a young one. And what I'm just curious as becoming, a, being a mother, what has having your own child taught you about the soothing process and how we cry out in need and what that looks like in real time? And how has that maybe shaped or changed how you soothe yourself? It's changed me in so many ways. I think that caring for my son has given me another extreme level of care for myself. Mm. Because 
I've made it a huge commitment to create a secure environment for him in the world internally, an internal secure environment, of course, an external secure and safe environment, but internally to respect and honor his feelings above everything and just care for his feelings and his big emotions and make sure he's seen and soothed and secure and safe, as Dan Siegel says. Mm. And all of that really has inspired me to make sure I'm doing the same for my own inner children. Because if I'm not taking care of my inner children, then my activated, triggered, protective parts are going to be taking care of my son. Mm. <laughs> and so that's true. not good. So you know? true. He deserves more than that. Yeah. So, and so do I. Yeah. And so do I. I'm, yeah. I'm not a mother yet, but I can only imagine having that physical reminder every day, daily every reminder. Day. Every day. It <laughs> makes you just... a better, hopefully it leads you to be a better parent to yourself. That's sure. sure. Yeah. Well, I know this was a different type of book for you. It's so vulnerable. You shared so openly and willingly about all so many of your experiences and challenges that you faced. Um, and I'm just curious. I, I know that there's something that you said a lot that helped kind of propel you in to this specific work, which was, you know, thinking at some point that there had to be a better way. And I know that there are so many people on this platform, in my audience, in this community that are drawn to a conversation like this that are thinking like, if I could just get some relief, if I could just, you know, relax, like, is this all there is? Can there, there has to be a better way. Like this doesn't be sustainable. What do you say to those people who might be asking themselves that question? Well, I would say that they're already on the right path because they're listening to us right now because that implies willingness. That implies a desire to, to heal. That implies a desire to change. My kitten is cheering you on in the background. <laughs> Love it. Thank so you. That implies bravery. And so if you, you know, if you make the commitment to do the inner work in whatever form that comes, whether it's reading a book like Happy Days or following a TikTok channel like yours or coaching with you or whatever it might be, then you are showing up for that change and to trust that the journey is not meant to happen overnight and but, but there can be a lot of fun and grace along the way. And yeah. if anything, that you know, that is what Happy Days promises the readers, like an inspired path and clear direction. Because I know for myself, when I first started to address my trauma, I didn't know what to do, I didn't know where to go. And thankfully, you know, I had every resource under the sun because I'm in the space of personal growth. But most people don't have any of that. And so they just continue to drink. They continue to run. They continue to avoid. Mm -hmm. But now my hope and my purpose for this book was to really help readers see, no, you actually have a path. And I laid it out for you. And it's very clear. And your path may not be exactly like mine, but it has the power to transform you. And that's what I love about it. It is practically giving people a roadmap and it's the road that's what that's what you are for so many people that's what you've been in my life is just pointing the way and helping and that's I think it's Ram Dass that says we're all just walking each other home and that's yeah. what you're doing with this book yeah. is just pointing the way and pointing the direction that says keep going keep going you're doing it there's like just put one foot in front of the other and I'm just so grateful for, for that contribution. And I, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you're a busy lady. You've got a lot going on. Um, but tell people how they can get the book. Um, and if you have time for one question, we'll take it. If not, we will let you go for the morning. Let, first of all, my schedule today was booked back to back. Yeah, no idea what's going on here. Um, 
But I will leave you with this. The journey of becoming free and living with an, a sense of inner safety is a brave journey, but I have laid it out before you. I have, I, I can hand you the guidebook. It's right there in happy days. You don't have to figure it out. There is a way. And when you make that commitment, just by even opening that book, you're sending a profound message to the universe that you are willing to heal, to grow, and to live with a sense of inner safety and freedom that you've never known were possible. And all of that's available inside that book. You guys, yeah. you got to get it. You got to get it. There's, <laughs> it. It is um, it, it is as good as it sounds and it is the path to happier days. And we all want more of that. Gabby, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for spending some time with us. Sister, you are fucking awesome. Mm. Let's make a point to connect. I yes. wish I could see you and you could see my enthusiasm <laughs> in my face. But I just find you to be mm. profound and mm. your awareness of this and your delivery of these messages is extraordinary. Thank you. And so let's make sure to do more yeah. together. We will. Thank you. We will definitely support. follow up. Okay, you guys. Big go love, grab my- and follow Gabby. Have a great day, girl. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Isn't she the best? Oh, I'm in, have so much gratitude, so much gratitude for, for the people that are courageous enough to share their stories. And um, I hope that's what my channel does for you. I hope that's what some of my videos do for you is, is show you um, that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to share what you're going through. It's okay. It's normal. It's human to struggle and to be asking hard questions and to not feel like you have all the answers and feel like you have it figured out because Gabby didn't, I didn't, we're learning, you know, we're, we're all learning and are, are we just willing to learn how to do things differently? That's why my business is called coachable. That is why the podcast is called the coachable podcast because it's about being committed to being a student and being willing to learn and being willing to grow and Sometimes, you guys, that that looks like being a beginner again. If we're willing to be coachable, it means that we have to be a beginner. In the beginning, we all, none of us like to not know what we're doing. Not none of us like to not have a handle on things or, or feel like we, you know, we're not confident. But when you start a healing journey, when you start to commit to a life of, of mental, emotional, spiritual freedom and abundance, it requires you to go back to the beginning and say, I, there's got to be a better way. You know, there's got to be a better way. And when we say that, it, it, as Gabby is saying, it's, it's a prayer. It's an unspoken prayer. Opening her book is, is saying to the universe, like, I'm ready. I'm ready to have the path revealed. I'm ready for the next step. And I'm willing and courageous enough to take it, even if that requires me to step into the unknown, to do something I've never done before, to release and let go of the comfort blanket of what was, of home, of the familiar patterns, and say, I'm worthy and deserving of a sustainable life of freedom of balance, of ease, that I don't have to 
continually and constantly be in struggle. And um, that is what I just so deeply resonate um, with about her work and why I feel like she's just like a sister in so many ways because uh, she's, she's given me courage to do the same thing and kind of follow behind. And that's what's, I think, so profound about apps like this is you, you don't realize when you create something, whether it's you write a book or you create a 15-second TikTok and you're just willing and courageous enough to put it out there and see if it lands for somebody, simply maybe because it was true for you, um, how that can really, really transform. Once that's put out into the world and into the universe, how that can transform other people, how it can transform yourself, how it can liberate you from the story and the, the chains that you've been like living under and the ripple effect that that goes on to serve in the world. You know, Gabby, I would not be doing what I do. I would not be on TikTok. I would not be talking about the things I talk about. I would not be living in the, the space of freedom that I am today after living through years and years and years of intense trauma and loss after losing my sister and my mom, all of my grandparents, my uncle, and living through a, a natural disaster. Many people don't come out on the other side of that free. Many people, their best is just surviving, is just getting through, is just you know, for, for many people, we collapse under the weight of so much of the things that we experience in the world, whether it's war or uh, just hate, bigotry, whatever it is that we all experience to some degree. And I think it's just so important that um, we we're kind to ourselves and to each other and that we recognize that we're all fucking doing the best we can. You know, we're all trying to figure it out. None of us want to suffer. None of us are born wanting just to be an angry, bitter, resentful person, right? We don't get on TikTok to intentionally like look for somebody who can just offend us today, right? Um, but we get into these spaces and like these, these like places in our lives that feel hard and icky. And if we don't learn how to smooth those edges out and find our center again and realize like all of those things that we're doing are judging, are criticizing, are comparing, are all ways that we're just trying to protect ourselves and feel safe in a world that's felt really scary and big and overwhelming to our systems, then we can have so much more compassion for ourselves and for the other people in our lives and on this app and in the grocery store or on the road or wherever you find yourself, you know? And so I really encourage you guys to go get Gabby's book, happy days. Um, throw yourself into the work. If you know that there are, um, there's, there's work to be done. And if you're just holding on to this hope, you know, that there are happier days ahead. I love to say that like, I truly, this is a mantra of mine. Um, that I have hold, held on to for, for decades now that your best days are ahead of you. And I tell that to myself as I get older, I'm about to, to step into another year of life in just a couple weeks. I'm about to turn 31 in April. And 
as the time continues on, I, I continually tell myself, you know, um, my best days are still ahead of me and your best days are still ahead of you. And so, um, I think that's what Gabby was able to, to just like remind us of. So I hope that you'll go get our book, Happy Days. And for those that are just joining us, hi, what's up, Paige, Kane, I miss you, my friend. It's so good to see you. We just had Gabby Bernstein on here chatting all about her new book, uh, Happy Days, How to Move from Trauma to Profound Freedom. She's remarkable. And uh, I think she's a reflection of what's possible for so many of us who are feeling overwhelmed, burdened, flooded, (sighs) drained, uh, or just in despair. You know, there were so many times in my life um, where I was just hopeless. And I remember specifically um, when my sister was diagnosed with leukemia in 2009, my dad sat us down as a family and he said, Um, something that changed the course of my entire life. And he said, uh, we have a choice and the choice is hope or despair. And as a family, we're going to choose hope. And I get emotional about that because I don't think he ever knew how much that would change my life. Because what it did when he said that, you guys, He showed me that I had a choice, that I had a choice and I always have a choice about how I choose to perceive my circumstances. I get to choose my outlook. I get to choose how I'm going to move forward. I get to choose if I'm going to be a victim of circumstance or if I am going to continually press on and hold on to the hope that there are happier days ahead right? That there is healing available, that there's purpose in the pain that I cannot see yet. That's why one of my other mantras is how, is find the holy in the shit. Cause I am not unique. Gabby is not unique in the sense that we've been through something other people have not. We aren't. 73, a hundred, a thousand of you watching, whoever is here, all of you have been through shit. All of you have been through trauma. All of you have been through something that just made your heart break. And when you're told, and maybe for somebody, it might be for the first time today, like you get to decide, you get to choose. Is this going to break me? Is this going to be my story? Is this going to be the end of my story? Or am I going to decide that this is just a chapter? Am I going to just make the conscious choice today that I'm going to choose hope if that's all I have, if I have no evidence yet that things are going to turn out better? Because the end of the story for my sister, at least in that part of my journey, was that she did pass, right? She didn't recover. But what does winning a battle really mean, right? I think people think because Anna passed away from leukemia, meant she lost and but I don't see it that way you know I I I don't what if she's the one who's truly free and we're the ones that are still enslaved to our suffering right it's all about perspective it's all about being willing to see and do things differently and um I'm just grateful for 
the people on this app and on this planet who are just so brave with their contributions and um, sharing like your heart uh, with the world. So thank you, Gabby. I know you're not here anymore, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. So while I'm still here, I'm going to see what's happening in the chat. <laughs> what a beautiful, what a beautiful soul. What a beautiful way to start this day. Any advice for generally feeling okay with being a beginner, even in other respects of your life? Great question. Yeah, I think it's just recognizing that whether you're like, you f- feel like you've got it going on maybe in work, but you feel like maybe I just went through a divorce and I'm starting over in the dating world and I feel like a beginner again. Or like my dad, you know, he had been married for 36 years when my mom passed and he felt like a complete beginner again when he started dating. And that can feel scary and uncomfortable and it can bring up a lot of our fears. It can bring up some triggers, maybe things that have been un, you know, unaddressed, feelings of un, like not being good enough, feelings of uh, or fear of being judged by other people. What are people going to think if I, I start posting on TikTok, right? I don't know what I'm doing. I see so many people held back. And I think one of the biggest things that holds people back is their fear of judgment. And if we could only stop and realize that other people are never as judgmental as we are. Like what we're doing is we're projecting our own, our own judgment of ourselves onto other people. And we're saying, you must be as judgmental as I am. You must think I am like as stupid as I think I am, right? If we can learn how to compassionately allow ourselves to learn, then there's no judgment. Like, do you judge your child for falling when they're trying to learn how to walk? And you're like, oh my God, you should know how to do this. No, you don't. You're, you're encouraging. You're like, you're doing a great job, babe. Get up. You're like, you, you're, you're patient with them. You know that it's a process and that they're going to get it. What if we were that way with ourselves? What if we were that way with the people in our lives? What if we were that way with our coworkers and our teams and the people that we hire, right? And that we give people and ourselves space to be a beginner again and to learn right? There's training for a reason. There's training camp, getting ready for football season or getting ready for baseball season for a reason. It's the preparation. It's the time to begin again. And that's what um, spring is reminding us all of. So recognize that we're not going to be an OG all the time. Even in your, like, in your golden years, you can just decide, oh, I want to learn something new. I want to like start art. Or I want to start to take singing lessons and embrace and have fun with the process of, of like learning how you feel and being with all of those sensations and emotions. It's, it's such a beautiful process. You kind of sound like Sammy from Jersey Shore, but in so much more of a mellow way. Cool. I haven't seen that show in years. Uh, hi, your TikTok therapist. How is it going? Your messy, her messy bun was in the house. I don't know if you're still here, but hey, 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 hey. Um, are you are a coach of what? Uh, so I really focus on personal uh, transformation and embodiment. Um, my mission on this planet is to help relieve as much unnecessary suffering as possible 
through modalities like IFS, internal family systems, mind-body practices like transformational breath work, um, mindfulness, meditation, spiritual practices uh, through the universal laws uh, of the universe, of attraction, of abundance, of vibration. Um, I want to help people find freedom in the same way Gabby, uh, Gabby does, you know, because I think that's what we all truly desire. And I spent so many years uh, in a cage, in a box, feeling constricted and limited. And so, um, yeah, I'm a trauma-informed breath worker, uh, breathwork facilitator and transformation coach. And with that, I bring in a lot of different modalities like parts work that Gabby was talking about, like embodiment practices, somatic therapy. I'm not a clinical practitioner, a therapist. I don't come from a clinical background, even though my background is in social work. I really share a lot of my own personal experiences, but then I have years of additional training um, with some of the best, 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 best practitioners in the world. And I do it through a trauma-informed lens because I have experienced significant trauma and the people that are called to do deep healing work at any degree have, have trauma as well. So I just want to make sure and set a container for those that want a new way of being and living and operating who are asking the questions like, is this all there is? Like there has to be a better way. There has to be more who feel like they're in a transition or a crossroads in their life. And you're like, what's the next phase going to look like? I don't want to continue to create the same you know, experiences or go through the same patterns or the same pain over and over again. I want relief. I want healing. I want freedom. Those are the people that I, I work with that are really called to my work. And um, I work with people individually, privately, one-on-one, um, and in a group setting. And so I have actually two spots available for private one-on-one coaching. If you are interested in working with me, I would invite you to go to torygordon.com. And um, under programs and courses, there is, you'll see limitless coaching. So it's Tori, just my name, T-O-R-I, Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N.com. And if you click on limitless coaching, there is an application to apply for one-on-one coaching with me. Now, there are a lot of people on this live. So uh, I expect that we'll get several of these applications uh, this morning. But I encourage you, be, be thorough, be honest with yourself. Like, why are you really considering coaching? Because... I am selective with the people that I work with, and that is because I want to work with people who are really committed and are, are ready, that aren't just you know trying to apply just to be like, oh, I want to make myself feel like I'm doing something good or feel like I'm make, taking a step, but you're really not committed to doing what that, like to, to, to walking that out. I, as a coach, am going to hold you to the thing that you claim that you desire and that you want. I'm going to reflect back to you the truth of who you are, which is a courageous, curious creator that is capable of wholeheartedly committed commitment and creativity, like creating, co-creating the life that you envision for yourself because it's possible. The fact that you can see it means that it is in the realm of possibility and that you can consciously create it. I am in the, the work of helping us get out of Living on defense and what what Gabby would call our protector parts in IFS, right? I say that's defense. That's like being in basketball or on a football field and playing nothing but defense your entire life, right? When we're just in our patterns, we're just trying to protect ourselves from pain. Sure, we can play, we can defend, we can wall ourselves off, we can 
defend and avoid and run from pain. And the other team might not score. Pain, being the other team, might not score on us, right? We're like, "Mm, you're not gonna hurt me. Mm, You're not gonna do me wrong. Mm, You're not gonna cheat on me, right? So I'm not gonna open my heart. I'm not gonna go there with you. I'm not gonna be vulnerable. I'm not gonna put my best foot forward. I'm not gonna care. I'm gonna be the one that cares the the least, right? Sure, that's us playing defense. And maybe pain doesn't score the way it would if we were, we didn't have defense, right? But the thing is, you never get down the field. You never make forward progress. You never score. And eventually, you can only play defense for so long before you get exhausted. There are two sides of the team for a reason. We need both. Defense is a survival strategy. It's necessary. We can't have our foot on the gas 24-7. But if we're doing nothing but protecting ourselves and avoiding pain, we will never move down the the field. We will never progress. We will never win. We will just survive. But eventually the thing is you'll get so exhausted, pain will overwhelm you and, and score at some point. And then that's when so many people just feel completely defeated. That's what to me defeat feels like. Feeling defeated in your life for me is living for so long, playing nothing but defense and then only focusing on how you can prevent pain and suffering and then suffering inevitably. Feeling pain even though you've been working so hard to prevent it because you just give up because no one can live that way sustainably and we need connection. We're wired for connection. We're, We're wired to move forward and to progress and to evolve. So um, that's a long-winded answer to your question, but I do work with people one-on-one in my group year-long program called Coachable University. We are um, in the third month of that program right now. Um, So go to toriwarden.com to apply for private coaching, and I would love to see if you're a good fit and um, really help you move down the field in your life if that's what you feel called to do. Hey Juan from Florida. Oh, thank you. I have kind eyes. Oh, thank you. So good to see you too. Can't wait to buy her book. Yeah, you guys go get Gabby's book, Happy Days. You won't regret it. I can live alone. I am a vampire. Man, never met a vampire before, but I'm fascinated by that um, statement. Because in my experience, isolation kills. You know, we've actually seen, I was looking at the data the other day, a friend of mine who have, who's been on the podcast, Connor Beaton from Man Talks. I hope you guys have listened to that episode. It's such a fantastic conversation with him about what men want and healthy masculinity. He posted something about the, the suicide rates and how they have increased uh, but in both men and women, but more significantly in men over the past few years since COVID and being isolated. Um, and this is it's so prominent and it was really important for our discussion about masculinity and, and um, cause I work with a good number of men as well and why men struggle in our culture to feel like they can have support. And I think it's part of the culture that for whatever reason, we've told our men that your masculinity is determined by your ability to go through hard shit alone. And that breaks my heart because it's so far from the truth of what makes you a man. And as a woman, from the women in the world to any man that's on this live right now, I just want to say that's not what we need. You know, it's not what we want. We don't need you to be able to go through hard shit alone. 
we need you to be willing to say, uh, I need help or I want to do things differently or like, this is what I'm going through because we all need support and connection and feeling like we don't have an outlet for that. And it doesn't have to be with women, like get around other men, find communities where you do feel supported and safe, whether that's in therapy, whether that's with a coach, whether that's in a men's group, whether that's in a, a, a group of any kind, church, wherever you can find it, um, AA, whatever, like there's so many different outlets, but we're not meant to figure it out on our own. We're just not. How could we know what it looks like to heal or to love ourselves if we've never been taught what loving ourselves looks like, right? If we were raised by parents that didn't love themselves, why would we expect ourselves to know how to love ourselves, right? I mean, would you expect your child to know how to speak Spanish if they didn't grow up around Spanish-speaking parents or family? You wouldn't. And I think sometimes we expect ourselves to just like know how to deal with things, know how to move through traumas, know how to process and feel our emotions. Like this whole concept of feeling your feelings is so huge on this app, right? And one of the things that goes most viral when I talk about it and be like, okay, but how, how do I feel my feelings story? Like I know I have to feel in order to heal, but how? And the fact that you're asking that question is great, but we have to be willing to do, like follow through on that answer because you're not expected to know how. But when, once you ask and you want to know, it is your responsibility to then apply, implement, integrate what you learn. Because knowledge is not power. Getting the answer to how do I feel my feelings or how do I heal from trauma or how do I make more money or how do I attract uh, a potential partner or the one or how do I, you know, whatever your question is, I or anyone else could give you the answer. Google could give you the answer. If you went to Google right now and you asked it a question, it would give you an answer. That is not power. Knowledge is not power. Applying the knowledge that you receive is. And for those of you that get that, like really get that, you're only making progress. You're only moving down the field when you apply what you know, when you integrate it, when you implement it. There are a lot of you, and I'm like, I, I hope that I'm preaching to the choir, but I know that there are a few people on this that need to hear it. There's a lot of you who are so addicted to consumption and to just consuming what's the next thing, how, asking the question, signing up for the course, reading the book, listening to the podcast, watching your favorite creator, asking, well, uh, how, how would I start the TikTok channel? Or how, like, what would I talk about on a YouTube? Or what, you know, how, how do you make a million dollars? Great question. But you don't need to ask a million questions. Just go apply the answer to the first question you ask. And then your life will change, right? If you just did the one thing, you're like, how do I feel less anxious? And someone says, oh, do this box breathing exercise. Like do it, like actually do it and do it consistently and see how you feel, okay? Um, That's my recommendation for you guys is if you come to work with me, if you go to therapy, if you go get the book, uh, Happy Days, if you sign up for a course or program or whatever, If you look up a question on Google, your questions are showing you what you're curious about and where your soul is trying to lead you to some degree. So look at that, but then be willing to do the next step because the biggest place that people 
fall off is they have good intentions. They desire change. They desire abundance. They desire freedom, but they don't want to do what's required to have the abundance or the peace or the freedom because there are requirements, right? Letting go of past versions of yourself, letting go of the familiar, letting go of the comfort blanket of how you've been doing things before, bad habits, old friends, past relationships. That can be hard. And some people say, I'm ready, I'm ready. I want, I want this, I want this. But then they're asked to give up something because we're always, like we're all, there's always a cost and a benefit to everything. There's always a sacrifice uh, of something. Like who I am becoming is gonna require me to die to who I've been. So are you willing to die to that version of you? Are you willing to, to sacrifice the, the old relationship, the old habits, the old patterns for freedom, for inner peace, for sustainability, for balance, for love, for whatever it is that you desire? And it's scary and it's a process and, I, and it doesn't happen overnight. And so having support, having accountability, having people in your life that reflect and remind you of who you truly are, the self, the curious, committed, courageous, compassionate self, that's who you really are. All the other thing, all of the fear, all of the, the, the thoughts and the, the conversation that's like, I don't know if I can do it. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. People aren't going to take me seriously. What if people think this? That is not the self. The self is grounded. It knows who it is. It's kind. It is unshakable, unbreakable. It's always there, even if it's masked under layers and layers and layers of self-protection and fear and belief systems. The work I do with clients is about peeling back those layers to reveal the truth of who you've been, always been. Because I think a lot of times in in personal and spiritual development, we talk about becoming or finding our purpose, right? Becoming our highest self or finding our purpose, finding our way. You don't need to find your purpose as much as you need to remember who you are. Remember who you were before you learned how to be afraid of the world. Remember what you were like before you cared about what people thought, before you didn't feel safe. That version of you is playful and creative and imaginative and intuitive, right? And that's what I help and Gabby helps. So many other beautiful facilitators, practitioners, therapists, coaches, healers in the world on this app um, help people do. So just be... um, intentional about uh, who you choose to work with. If you feel resonant with my message, I encourage you to, uh, to reach out, to apply, to get involved in my community. And if nothing else, uh, listen to the podcast, the coachable podcast continually It's totally free and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can get all of the video episodes as well. Um, that's something that we're currently growing right now. It would mean so much to me if you went over to YouTube, subscribed, followed me on Instagram, or just left a review, like rating and review on the podcast. It helps so, so much, you guys. I can't tell you. It's the best way to say thank you. And I appreciate all the love, the hearts, the likes, the gifts. Um, Like if every single one of you who's been watching this has gotten something from this live, I would ask you um, to do me a favor and go to the Coachable Podcast, 
give it a five-star rating and leave a little review. It really helps. It really helps. So thank you. I love taking some of these questions. Can I do a sleep story on the Calm app? I would love to. That sounds so fun. We'll have to get involved with Calm. I need to get... um, If anybody has a plug at Calm or tag Calm, uh, send Calm this live. Um, I would love... That sounds so fun. I do have in Coachable University pre-recorded meditations and breathwork sessions for students. Uh, So if you're interested, you like my voice, it's soothing to some degree, um, it helps you to drop into that like soothing place, uh, then you might enjoy some of the things that come in Coachable University um, and my meditations in there and breathwork uh, sessions that you can get access to. Is my advice based on personal hurt? Uh, A lot of what I share, yeah, it comes from a lot of uh, years of personal experience, Um, I think life is our greatest teacher. Pain is our greatest teacher. Uh, I really see life as school, you know, and I'm a student and I'm here to learn. And so what I share and what I teach is based off what I've learned from being a student of pain, being a student of life, being a student of the work. Um, but also what I've learned in formal training and, um, continued education. So it's a mixture. Any books? Yeah, the, the book I am recommending most uh, highly today is Happy Days by Gabby Bernstein. Uh, we, we had her on earlier and it was such a pleasure. I also, if you guys want this, um, I've put together a free download for you. There's two free downloads you can get. Um, I need to make sure that one of them is on my link. I'm going to add it um, in just a minute if it's not there. But you can get both um, on my website, torygordon.com. There is a link at the top that says free resources. If you go there, there's meditations you can download. There's a bu- there's worksheets you can download for free. Um, lots of different things. But there is a 10 science-based hacks to reduce anxiety, improve sleep, and feel better fast. That does have some other books that I recommend on it, as well as some of my absolute favorite products, wellness, healing holistic healing products from CBD to uh, my favorite breathwork necklace to aromatherapy, weighted blankets, like all of the things that I love, CBD um, and the ones that have worked best for me. So I highly encourage you to go get the 10 hacks um, download and it has clickable links to the product as well as discount codes on there. So if you go to torygordon.com, you can download that and it's just at the top. It says free resources. Um, there's also a new freebie download as well called Untriggered. And this is a worksheet. It's a workbook that you can go through that gives you my process for how to identify your trigger and really work through it and see where is this really coming from? What is this really activating? Where did this begin? How long has this been with me? Um, and what is this really trying to reveal and teach me? Um, and this is such a helpful exercise for not just your personal awareness and how to really give yourself what you need, but also to be able to navigate conflict in your relationships. Because most of the time we get triggered by people in our lives. uh, A lot of times the people that we're closest with. And so it's a really, really helpful tool to work through that so that you can navigate 
um, those hard conversations in a way that doesn't blame or shame someone and say like, you made me feel this way. You did this to me, which is a lot of times how we address people, right? Like you made me feel like I, you know, it was all my fault when we can really start to learn how to express ourselves in a more grounded, self-aware place of like, when you said this, I felt blank. When you did this, it reminded me of when my dad blank or when this happened to me as a child. And my request is, my, it, it comes from a, a place of ownership, of taking accountability and responsibility for our feelings instead of making other people responsible for our triggers and our emotions and our processing of that, right? Our triggers are our responsibility. And so I encourage you to go to ToriGordon.com and get the untriggered uh, workbook as well. You can also go to the link in my TikTok bio. There should be a link right to um, the untriggered uh, download. And I'm not sure the 10 anxiety hacks with the coupon codes and everything is in there. I'll add it right after this live if it's not there. But you can get it all on my website. My zodiac sign is Aries. I am about to be 31 years old on April 9th. So, yep. Label me whatever you want. I don't care what, you know, I do and I don't subscribe to all of that. I do to the extent that, you know, it serves me. Um, and that's what I tell people too with my work, with any with anybody giving advice or, or guidance. Like take what resonates and leave the rest. If something I say doesn't resonate with you, that's completely fine. Take what does and then you don't, you know, you don't have to take anything else. Could you talk a little bit about how therapy and coaching work together? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing. I think traditionally how they would be sort of described differently is that therapy focuses on, more on addressing the past and coaching focuses on creating goals and hitting goals for the future. I think this is a little outdated at this point just because there are so many multi-modality like, coaches at this point that there are some that are doing some deeper work, somatic work, embodiment work, some, and, and I'm one of those in the sense that we do look backwards in order to propel forward. We don't spend all of our time looking and spending in the past. Uh, we do it from the lens of intentionally moving down the field, right? Our goal is not just to play defense or look at just why we play defense. It's about scoring. It's about getting to the finish line. It's about like getting the end result that you're wanting. It's about creating the life that you want to create, um, also traditionally, and, and there's, I'll, I'll preface this by saying not all therapists are the same. Not all therapists are cut from the same cloth. There are lots of different types of therapies, types of modalities, and same with coaching, right? I think coaching gets, uh, we get like all put into the same box and we're not, we're not cut from the same cloth. We have different levels of expertise and awareness and ability to meet clients. And here's the thing, whether you are a coach, whether you're a therapist, regardless of your credentials or lack thereof, whoever you are, you can only meet someone as far as you've met yourself. You can only lead someone to places that you have been yourself. And so that's why continual practice, continual education, continual work, the journey of self-healing will always continue because the moment that I stop working on myself the, is the moment that I get out of integrity and alignment with the, the work that I offer people because I am a student and I'm a teacher. I'm a student first. I teach because I have learned. And so if I stop learning, then I'm just going to be 
like a, a broken record saying the same thing over and over. So yeah, those are a couple of the differences, but there's lots of different therapeutic um, modalities. And um, my uh, recommendation, whether you work with a therapist or a coach, if you have experienced trauma is to work with someone who is trauma informed, who has uh, the ability to do somatic practices with you, which is a body first approach to healing because Trauma is held in the body, stored in the body, in energetic patterns, holding patterns of energy. And talk therapy, traditional like cognitive behavioral therapy, in my opinion, only can take people so far because what I have heard from so many of my clients who have been in therapy um, or have either done work with me in conjunction with therapy or have come to coaching after therapy or have felt like they hit a wall in therapy is that they have a lot of awareness around their challenges, their struggles, what's happened to them. They know a lot about their patterns, um, their triggers, but they are struggling more with the application. They're struggling more with the follow through. They're struggling more with, okay, I know this, but what? Nothing's changing. And if we only work on the mental cognitive level, and we don't get the, vo- the body and the nervous system in line and regulated, then it's almost more of a challenge. Because one of my mentors says, ignorance is bliss and awareness is a bitch. Because when you're aware of your challenges and your struggles and your patterns, but you don't know how to change them, it's almost worse because you're like, oh my God, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Why am I doing that thing? But you don't know how to stop. And so that's when we really need to get the body involved to regulate your system, to be able to make a different choice or do a different thing or sit with an emotion um, or a discomfort that you haven't been able to do before. And that's typically what's required to take new action. So um, my recommendation is working with a practitioner who can take you through somatic somatic practices, um, who has a level of awareness around energy and um, how that is stored in the body and how that moves. But it we come into di- to different things at different times and when we're ready. So um, work with who you feel most resonant with at this moment. Uh, Brianna, who asked about being a guest on your podcast. Absolutely. Um, please just, if you have any uh, collabs in mind, if you are interested in uh, interviewing me or having me uh, speak or anything like that, the best way to get in touch and find out about how all of that works is to go to torygordon.com and email my team. There's a contact page there and you can fill out what you're interested in and what you have questions about if you want to um, have me on your show. I absolutely love uh, stuff like that. So please just go uh, to the site and then you can um, put in a question, like fill out our questionnaire and give us all your information and we'll get back to you um, about scheduling and everything that we need to know. So thank you for your invitation and uh, for your interest. I so appreciate it. One would look forward to it. I am still on my road trip journey. Uh, Yeah, so a little update. I started my road trip about 21 days ago at the beginning of March, left Atlanta, put everything I owned in storage, (sighs) traveled the first day about 15 hours to Amarillo, Texas, and then the next day ended up in Arizona. I spent two days, uh, two and a half days in Flagstaff, and then went up to the Grand Canyon. It was beautiful and snowy and magical. And then I went down to Sedona for about nine or 10 days. Stayed with a good friend there, Anna. Um, shout out to Anna if you're listening to this. 
she and I, she's actually a follower of mine from uh, Instagram or TikTok and she had been following me forever and we'd talked many times in DMs. She had actually applied to work with me multiple times, um, like to be on my team. And we just stayed in touch and then we were going to be in Sedona at the same time. And we, um, we ended up just staying together for like a week and a little over a week. She was going through a beautiful healing retreat herself, doing some deep work. And I was there to just beautiful timing to support her through that. And we got really close. And that was such a magical um, few days in Sedona, building a relationship with her. And it's just so amazing that these platforms, like I didn't know her outside of social media. And then now I have such a beautiful friendship with her. Met some really cool people there. And then since then, I have traveled over to Vegas, which was about four and a half hours And that's where I am right now. I'm actually staying with another person who I just recently met, who's absolutely incredible. Um, Stayed with my friend Jessica for a few days, who was another girl that I just had, was like an online friend. Um, And it's just so funny. You know, you can truly meet some of your best friends, like these just magical human beings that you would never have known otherwise if it wasn't for apps like this. I'm just so grateful. Um, also when I was in Sedona, I had another person who was a follower of mine, um, a girl, um, Raven who lived in Phoenix, drove to Sedona just to come on a hike with me, take me on a hike. Cause she was familiar with the area she was driving through. She is such an awesome person as well. So I've gotten to meet some of you and, um, a lot of my, I had about 90% of the people that came on my retreat last year were all TikTok followers, which is so, so amazing when I get to just love you and hug you and be with you in person. Y'all are, y'all are the freaking best. So, um, update on where I'm headed next. So I will be in Vegas for a little while. I'm really enjoying it. Um, like life outside of the strip. It's beautiful out here. The weather is absolutely gorgeous. And, um, my birthday's coming up on the 9th. So I've got some friends that are coming to Vegas, um, for that. And then I have, the universe is so fun because I had it in my mind. One of the things I wanted to create for myself was this, the most playful summer of my life. And, um, I just really had that intention to be playful, to be surrendered to what experiences wanted to unfold, to not be in a state of really trying to plan or like control outcomes, but just allowing life to surprise me. And I found the most magical house um, in Encinitas Beach in San Diego, right north of San Diego, um, on the water. I stepped down and I am on the beach um, and I just somehow I found it on Airbnb. I was the first person to book it. So I got this insane deal and I'm going to be living on the beach in Encinitas for five weeks, um, starting mid April to almost end of May. So I'll be doing a lot of creating down there, feeling super inspired. Um, and then I don't know where I want to spend some time in Austin. I'm going to keep you guys posted about where I'm at. And, uh, obviously if wherever you are, if you're in the area, I'd love to meet you guys. I might do some meetups and stuff. Um, so yeah, cool. So I think that's going to be it for today. I do have another live here, um, in just a bit. So if you want to follow me over on Instagram, 1030, I'm going to be going live. So 1030 Pacific. Um, so in about 40 minutes, I'm going to go live again, um, 
with another amazing uh, coach. So if you go follow me on Instagram, Coach Short Gordon there, uh, you can hit me up and join me for that live. But I'm going to go um, enjoy some coffee and go sit on this. Let me just turn you guys around. Sit at, outside by the beautiful outdoor oasis by the pool. Get a little bit of grounding in. I'm going to go um, put my feet in the earth and on the soil in the grass and feel so much gratitude for this life that we have. And, um, you know, I, I know that the one thing, last thing I'll say is it's easy to look at me now and think, oh, she must have it figured out. Or she's just like, she knows, like, she, she just is so beyond maybe where I'm at if you're feeling like you're really struggling right now. I was not and have not always been like this, okay? I went through a lot, um, a lot of trauma, a lot of loss, a lot of heartbreak. Um, as, as, most, as recent as this past year, you guys, I mean, we're never, uh, no one is, no, like, trauma doesn't discriminate. No one is exempt from hardship and heartbreak and unexpected things that happen. And so I certainly know what that's like. And I just hope to be a reflection of what's possible when you do allow yourself to move through it, move forward, uh, get support, get help. Um, I would not be sitting here if I had not invested my time, my energy, my money into people who had answers that I didn't um, know how to access within myself. Because I had answers within myself too. I just didn't know how to get there. I didn't know how to access them. And so I tell you this, like the answers are within you. But if you're struggling to feel like I don't know how to get to them, like I know I have a lot to offer. I know I'm capable. I know I have more inside of me, but I don't know how to access it. I don't know how to get to it. I don't know like how to unlock it. That's when you want to hire a coach. Okay. Um, because that's what I really help people do. Um, I don't have it all together. I'm still learning. I'm still finding parts of myself that have been exiled, that have been neglected, that need my love and attention. Um, please do not look at me and think I am perfect and that I know it all because I don't. I will be the first person to tell you. Um, I'm just a committed lifelong learner. And um, the thing I'm most proud of is my wholehearted willingness uh, to continually um, and ferociously know and love myself because I think that's the most courageous thing we can do is to be ourselves in a world that is telling us to be anything other than that. Um, and that's the path I'm walking. And if you're interested in walking that with me, come hang out um, on Instagram, YouTube, the podcast, come work with me. I invite you. You're welcome. I would welcome you with open arms. Okay. You guys, if you love this show, do me a favor. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel called, leave a review. I would love to hear how the show is impacting you. But not only that, 
be a hero to somebody and share it with somebody in your life that needs to hear it. If you're getting value from it, I can guarantee it that someone else that you know would get value as well. And honestly, I wouldn't be here if somebody didn't share with me a podcast episode a couple years ago that absolutely changed my life and set me on the course that I am today. And I'm eternally grateful for that person. And you can be that person to someone else. So share it, share the love because you matter, they matter, and what you have to say matters. So I would love to hear if there's something in this episode that really stands out to you and is a ha- aha moment, send me an email to media at torygordon.com. Let me know what it was that stuck out to you. What was your aha moment? Maybe where and around what time in the podcast that really spoke to you because my team and I love to hear that. We love to see and hear exactly what is speaking to your heart and it's helps us to serve you better. So please like, subscribe, share. You are helping this podcast continue to grow and get out to larger audiences that can help shape the world and bring more and light, love and healing to it. So thank you for your contribution and let's get on to the podcast.